tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! That's right. Get into it. Let's do it. Let's do this. Welcome, everyone, to AfterBuzz TV's Boxing After Show, the first of its kind here at AfterBuzz TV. I'm Jared Gilkerson, and I'm joined alongside Andrea Fasano. Hey, guys. Andrea Fasano here. I'm really excited. This is a really... I'm excited for the show, and uh, this is a really cool topic, so I'm excited to get into it and talk about it. Yeah, Sports! I yes! know. I know. If, if you love uh, the fight game... Uh, you're going to want to stick around. We're going to break down Kovalev, Pascal 2, uh, and some undercard fight that was on there. But we're going to stick to business here. Uh, Andrew, before we dive into it, uh, where can everyone find you on Twitter and all that great internet stuff? Yeah, you guys. Uh, hey, I'm Andrea Fasano. <laughs> you can find me at Andy Fasano on Twitter, Periscope. Instagram, all the above, and follow along. So many fine interests do yeah. I have. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, and I'm Jared Gilkerson. That's at Gilkerson Radio on Twitter. Um, you can watch us live on YouTube. You can download us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Uh, be sure to rate us, comment. You know, hey, Jared, you got that wrong. That was the fifth round. Like, we <laughs> want to hear mistakes, you know, because we got a lot to run through. And if you saw something else in the fight that we didn't mention, I, you know, we'd love to hear it. Come on, don't correct me. <laughs> Just correct him. You don't have to correct me. <laughs> oh, man. So, we kicked off the night in, in Montreal. Like, this is a great fight city. Um, I mean, you heard the crowd. Yes. Uh, for the main I had event. to keep adjusting my volume. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It was huge. It yeah. was so loud. Everyone was so pumped. I mean, this is the second shot. Yeah. For both of them. Yep. You know, so much on each side to really go into this one. And I loved how um, announcer, well, not announcer, Max. Yeah, Max, he's an, yeah, you can call it. He's like, right? a, yeah, 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 he's an announcer. How he said, Max Kellerman, yeah. how he um, said at this one point, uh, you know, for Kovalev, that basically this is, he, this is his second rematch, and going into this second rematch, he destroyed the first guy in the yeah. first rematch. So if he does it even more this time, it just brings him to a new level. Yeah. He's and such a good fighter. It did. Yeah. He's so technically sound. Where I mean, he's almost robotic in there. It's like he's got no emotions, like the Terminator totally. in there. Yeah. But isn't that just the Russian way? Like, I, I mean, you know, like... I think, it, it, I think Russian fighters or Eastern European fighters kind of... Uh, are interpreted as almost robotic. I mean, he could speak the English language pretty well, and for not being over here that right. long. And I think it just, it just comes through. You know, you hear a fighter from Cuba, and everyone kind of takes like, "Oh, Latin fighters—they're full of life and Passion all this stuff." That's and- just the way it kind of sounds. Um, but a lot of fighters do take on where they're from. So, mm-hmm. like, you've got Russia, you know, or you know, Russia or Serbia or you know, Uzbekistan or places like that. <laughs> yeah. where it's cold, it's nasty, um, it's mean, and that's Kovalev is every one of those. I think the good thing about what you're saying, or what falls through with this, is that it's it is it's emotional, it's a passionate sport, but he. Remove the emotion from his face. So yeah. you don't, he doesn't want you to know what he's thinking about. He doesn't want you to know what's going on in there. And he is just all, all business. Yeah. All business all the time. And we saw at the end, I mean, we're, you know, not all of a sudden fast forwarding real quick, but he was really wanting this fight. And it wasn't just, oh, I'm going to win. I'm going to take it to the next level. I'm going to punish you for opening your mouth and show you where the respect belongs. Yeah. And he just said, as humans, you know, as, as people, the respect should be there so he did what he came to do yeah that uh, he well, well that was kind of a, that's a nice teaser to the end there I like there how go. you did that so <laughs> we would jump in i mean uh these two met uh last year and uh and kovalev punished pascal um in eight rounds um uh, Kovalev was caught in that fight more than he had been in the past. I mm-hmm. mean, they sh- of course, HBO does a great job of presenting these fights, and they showed the recap, uh, and we both watched it last year. And um, 
Pascal really didn't was never really in the fight. He he got a few good shots in, and everyone was kind of taken back. But yeah. Kovalev once again n- has a great chin and never looks like he's in any real danger. <laughs> so coming into this fight, Kovalev was a big favorite. Um, so they they did the fighter breakdowns and everything, and all the bio pieces and everything. And now Pascal has a new trainer, Freddie Roach, yep. I mean, world renowned oh, trainer. I he's love a great that guy. Ch- you like Freddie? You guys, I'm going to be the emotional one here. Like out of the two of us, I, I you know I come from the female perspective, but he's just such like I, he was just such a sweet man, and to be a trainer of that level, and for him to just really care about uh, you know Pascal as like protecting him, yeah. I you just can't not love him for that. Yeah. You're just like oh, I want to see this. I want to see him win for that. Those are the kind of things uh, um, that I judge a fighter on his camp, his the people behind him, the stories. You know, that's what everyone does. That's yeah. what you like to see. But I, oh, I just liked Freddie. I liked him a lot. Yeah, he's he's he, you either love him or hate him. Trust me, yeah. a lot of people don't like him. I'm he's sure. gotten, he gets some bad reps in places, and uh, that's boxing. You know, yes. you're gonna love or hate fighters, and that's what makes the sport great. But let's dive into it. Um, let's dive right into the fight. Yeah, I mean, coming in, uh, Kovalev his his KO percentage is so high, twenty five KOs, and only uh, at that point only twenty eight fights, <laughs> and now twenty nine, and we'll change the percentage after this fight. Mm-hmm. And Pascal thirty three and one, but in a lot of people's opinion, Pascal had lost his last three fights. Now I know he won against Unieski Gonzalez, but a yeah, lot of people thought it. Gonzalez yeah. was robbed, and so and his fight before that was against Kovalev, and now we've got this one. So I might have teased what happens, but hey, if you're listening to us, you probably know what happens, right? Um, so let's get into the first round. Um, early in the first round, and I think we were talking before the fight about all the damn logos yes. in the ring, and it's you getting out of control. You had just mentioned yeah. it, and I think we even saw, not in a commercial, but something that promoted it that, where somebody slipped or something happened. All from the last fight. Yes. Pascal oh, slipped it the was, last fight. The, right. So it was, I, and I'm looking at it going, why would that, that is so bad to have. For, yeah. I mean, with how much money are, is surrounding this entire fight or yeah. fights in general, how do you not create logos or, or some kind of surface where this doesn't happen? Yeah, it happens a little too often. Right. Yeah. I mean, even the announcers said it twice throughout yeah. the fight that, you know, something, oh, and then you have the logos. Are you not wearing the right shoes? Or are you not wearing, like, is this, just get rid of the logo spray? in the center of the ring like that. Because That'd be fine. Whenever you see fighters in the center of the ring, they're really planting and really getting behind yeah. shots. And they're, when they're in the corners, I mean, there's not as there's the, the know, danger there is like, the water from the corners. There's a lot of water that gets on the on the on yeah. the canvas. But just get rid of that. That logo in the center of the ring was was it was causing problems because, um, like like you mentioned, Pascal slipped. Yep. Uh, at the be- well slipped slipped. Oh yeah. But we later found out um, it was from a Kovalev jab. Mm-hmm. Now how strong is this jab? I mean. We watched the fight before this where guys couldn't break wind with their jab, and now we watch this fight, and Kovalev legitimately knocked down, which the referee didn't notice as a knockdown no. in the fight. Neither neither you said it, yeah. but I didn't either. I yeah. was like, oh no, he totally slipped. Yeah. Because it looked like he kind of even missed his face. Yeah. And then from a different angle, he got him. Yeah. He, he got him pretty good. He did, but but it was but it was still the logo, because at one point Kovalev in that same round looks down. I don't oh, know if you caught it, and I don't know if anyone else out there, out there watching the fight caught it. But Kovalev looked down in the middle of the in the middle of the round, and so I think something watching was still up feeding. with that logo because mm-hmm. you know I think and I think that's a problem. We don't need to harp on it any longer, but just get rid of it. I know that a lot of people, a lot of sponsors, put up a lot of money, but just but get rid of these. That's what I'm logos. saying. You put up so much money, how can you not create some sort of surface something with else? this is slip proof? Yeah. That should not even be an inkling <laughs> no. of an issue no. in a fight like this, no. in any fight. That The fact that that's even coming into play, yeah. there's a problem there for, for something that you just, there's so much money involved. Yeah. And what I was saying to you was when Pascal did that, the reason why I did thought he just slipped was the positioning of his feet. It kind of, like you said, he almost went to split position. And when you get punched out like that, you're kind of trying to catch yourself and you're going backwards. Yeah. But if he slipped into that V, it was almost like he was like slipped out and punched down at the same time. Yeah. And I just that's why I thought he just slipped because it was kind of like a you can tear your knee. Yeah. You you can do I mean I play soccer so a lot of those times when you're going for the ball, you're doing something like that. You can tear a lot of stuff that usually you know your power comes yeah. from your legs. 
That's horrible. Yeah. Like, I can't even imagine who would get sued if that happened. I don't know if that's a thing, if that could happen that way. But I'd be the first one being like, that's not fair. You probably can't get sued because you're already in a fight. But there's probably something. I know, something. and the contracts and yeah. everything. But I'm just saying, you know, yeah. like, there's nothing to do with She's the actual fight, it. man. <laughs> that's so annoying. Yeah, I mean, It's like people, sorry, no, who's saying all of a sudden that turf is messing up your knees and yeah. stuff. And it's a, it's a fact. But, like, how are we not figuring this out yet? Kind of deal. You know, maybe we should just box on grass. Yeah. That's really? what Andrea wants. It's like, it's, nice it's, it's even grass. Playing yeah, grass. Like someone nice to mow sod. the ring. No one mowed the ring. <laughs> no. uh, and oh, that's another point about mowing. Uh, we could talk beard talk. We could talk canvas. We could talk yep. beard talk. Um, I wanted to get in. I mean, the first two rounds, I think, were, were, were clear. Not as clear mm-hmm. as the later rounds, but Kovalev was just getting off shots more crisp, more cleanly. Yes. Uh, now, Pascal was trying to be aggressive. He, I mean, but that ended very soon. And then as we get into round three, let's get in round three because I think we're starting to see the fight turn a bit. And then you turned to me while we were watching out there in our lovely screening room. Yeah. Uh, what were you seeing in the fight at that point from from Sergey? Well, like you said, in the beginning um, with Pascal, he wasn't playing intimidated. He was out there for the fight. Mm-hmm. But round three, you just saw that Kovalev was going after him and uh, the extension of the arms and he was really making contact where that's where we started to see Pascal ducking and really bending over. And I just felt like he wasn't even going in for the hug, you know, the grab. Yeah. He was just like hiding almost. And that's where it really started. Where And I'm Sorry to go back to the slip. No. I think that that messes with your head, too. I think that's something where it's like, oh, shit, I just almost fell or you, you're, my footing's wrong. Something's – because even if it was the punch and it was a it knockdown, was. which it was, right? Yeah. We saw in that uh, playback. That's got to mess with you. Like, hey, he or got a good with- shot in the first round. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, like he, he landed a, a, a pretty staunch jab. Mm-hmm. And Pascal landed a few shots. They weren't doing anything. Right. Uh, and Pascal's a tough guy. Yeah. I mean, he's and they were saying chance. his jab is even better than his oh, God. right, you know? It's so good. But I didn't see much of it. Yeah. And what you were saying earlier about about the, um, about Kovalev um, teasing him and fainting him a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, and that started also in the third round. Yeah, in the third round. He was very much teasing him, kind of playing with him. I think he had that range where it was just so obvious that um, Pascal was kind of ducking. Yeah. And Kovalev was just kind of like teasing. And then mm-hmm. and I, I understand sometimes that's part of the whole strategy to kind of fake it out and faint it, like you said. But um, he was doing a lot of it and yeah. very early on. And yeah. I, I caught that and I was like, wow. And then he got him really good. Yeah, I, you know, you catch a guy in round one with a jab and knock him down and you know you knock him down. Right. Maybe no one else, maybe the ref didn't see it and some people in the crowd. Nice point. But you, he knew he knocked him down. I think that added on to what he did in the first fight, which was dominate him and get a stoppage. I think Kovalev knew, you know, a minute into the fight, I, got this I, I, I can do this, and I can faint him. He's going to think a right hand's coming. I'm going with the left. Mm-hmm. And Pas- I got to say, Pascal's movement was not very good. He was standing in the corner. He was taking a lot of shots. He wasn't. His movement. Was, his legs looked wobbly early. Yeah. I mean, you, you saw it. Right? Yes. I mean, mm-hmm. his lateral movement. His it was like like Gumby legs. Yeah. So it didn't look good early for for Jean Pascal, um, and what I believe is a huge turning point in the fight. We go to round four, and you realize about thirty seconds into the round that he's not he's not throwing punches. No, and it's at this point in the fight that the refs actually taking a look, a really strong look at Pascal because he thinks he's taking too many shots, and we find out at the end of the round he landed two punches. Yeah, in that round, you're in your rematch that you probably begged for and this is round four i don't know if anyone begs for sergey (laughs) he might beg for the two and a half million that he made i mean that's what you you know it's all relative but um yeah and i just think uh, especially around that time three and four kovalev kovalev uh i think i even turned to you and said this thought this he had such composure even with the fainting but he was he was so composed he was so patient and i think like you said he had that confidence and you could read it all over his body, yeah. head to toe, you know, head straight in there, like just deadpan. Yeah. Like I'm gonna get you. Yeah, and I don't, I don't fault Pascal. I mean, um, he's come off a bit pompous in, in the past, and as we talked about, we can maybe hit on it a little later about him calling, uh, you know, blatantly he called Kovalev a racist before this fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's if it's warranted or not, 
I don't know. I could see both sides of of, of people. What happened? But to poke the bear like that. Um, right. Out of it's the boxing. ring. He's probably trying to. I mean, and it, you do anything you can in boxing. Mm-hmm. You get beat pretty sound in in eight rounds. The fight before, you, you try to pump yourself up. You got no team around you. It's the ultimate individual sport. I mean, you have your corner, right. but you don't have team when you're in the ring. And then when you get knocked down in the first round, it looked like he was just trying to make it twelve rounds. Right. Like by the fourth round, like it just looked like he wanted to make the distance and prove I can last with this guy. But he wasn't gonna. He he posed no danger in the fourth round. <laughs> yeah, two punches landed after the fourth round uh, to be at that level no. where you're just kind of defending yourself yeah. and, and saving face as long as you can. Yeah, that there's no hope there. You're kind of just like, all right, and that's sorry, when we, buddy. We started thinking a bit. Okay, this it's a matter of time here. Mm-hmm. And so we move into the fifth, right? Um, and he landed one punch in the fifth round. But so fourth, he's just getting worse. Three punches combined in two rounds, and I thought the ref was gonna. And I'm glad he didn't. Because, I mean, we've watched enough boxing and we've seen it all only takes one punch. And uh, and I'm glad the ref didn't step in. Yeah, he's still early. holding his ground. Yeah. I mean, I understand. Like, sometimes you see them and their eyes are glazing over yeah. and they're kind of, you know, they don't even know which way center. But I didn't see that yet. I didn't no. see it go quite there. And so I, I agree with you. I was like, let them play. Yeah. Like, game on. Well, they, Keep they, it going. He did. You know? Yeah. I know, and then uh, Freddie wanted him to get out a little soon too. Yeah, that that was the first time after the fifth round, Roach threatened to stop the fight. He's he said, "You got to show me something this next round, or yeah. I'm stopping it." Mm-hmm. So we move into round six, and at this point, you you got to think it's 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 over. And the announcers, uh, you know, Max and Bernard and Jim, they all started hinting that Kovalev wants to punish Pascal. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a they, that was a really good point because Pascal made it personal, and there was one point I believe it was in the sixth round where he had Pascal in the corner, landed about two or three shots, maybe four, and then instead of just keep he could if he keeps the bombs going, yeah. the fight's over. Right. He backs off about six seven feet into the middle of the ring, and at that point, everybody is like, "Whoa, you know, this guy could have just ended the fight, but instead he wants to back off." And then go back in because if the ref sees him taking four or five shots, backing off another three. Yeah. I mean that's that's a brutal guy. Like he he's a, he's a mean. <laughs> he was out guy. for blood. Yeah. Well, I think that his biggest thing was respect, like he said. And I, I don't care what. And his fight mom was there. And his mom was there. I don't care what fight it is. It's like anything. You can run your mouth and say anything outside of that ring. Once you're in the ring, that's all that freaking matters. Yeah. That's all that matters. And so if you're someone – it's funny because I want to say if you're someone like Kovalev who keeps a head on you, when clearly he didn't because he's aggressive and angry about yeah. it. But, you know, he still fought a good fight. Yeah. And Pascal did nothing to back up what he was saying. No. He felt like it was – like I go back to round one. You get knocked down from a jab like that. I think mentally you you might check out. And I'm not – Saying he checked out because I'm never going to call a fighter out no. and checking out. And, he, Plus, and he's, he's a tough guy. He's he been never, in some wars. He never really went down. So I, you know, no. that was hard for me to be like, really? You're yeah. going to stop him again? Yeah. Like, yeah. ah. Yeah. So we think it's over because he last round, sixth round. Freddie. Yeah. I mean. Called uh, him out. He said, said, you're done. He's, you're, I'm done. You're not taking this punishment. And he begs for another round. Mm-hmm. I mean, John. Begs for another round. Give me another round. One more. One more. One more. And then as soon as you see Freddie, he <laughs> crouches. Then you know it's on. Um, that's not a trainer getting talked into it. You know, uh, he, he says, "One, give me one more. And hey, I think maybe Pascal deserves one more. Yeah, I fight. think so too. He deserves it. I, like I said, I didn't think he was not nowhere near the end of the fight. But yeah. I just put him yeah. back in. Like, yeah. let you know, if he was sane enough to kind of answer... You know, then go forward with it. I say give him the shot. Give him the chance to. But I have to say, now at this point, we're in round seven. And you're talking about more than half the fight that he hasn't thrown five punches? Well, he's he's thrown... Landed, landed maybe landed at that point. five yeah, punches. We, we'll go, we have the final punch staff. Do you know not what I mean? Off. So right, exactly, yeah. I'm being dramatic, no, but like, so it's sad. It's very sad to me that these guys make so much money and get so far in this, and you train so hard to be in this situation, yeah. and you're not even landing half of 
your punch half. You're not landing no. anything in the middle, you know, of half the fight. And I just don't know how it gets up. To, I'll never understand that about boxing because it's unbelievable to me. The shape, the energy, the, the everything with weight, yeah. all of the specific training they do, the specialists they have around that, yeah. that still it, nothing can help or prepare you for a certain opponent yeah, that's so just going to kick your ass. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's certain punched anywhere. You know, he was getting punched a lot in the back of his, like the shoulders. No, and yeah. That takes a toll too. It has to, yeah. has to, you can't prepare for that when you're in a uh, training, nobody's punching you in the back of the neck. No, you know what I mean? You, you don't know how your body's going to yeah. react to that. Yeah. And he's lunging. He's causing the, a lot uh, of the it. slips. I was going to say, just you know, yeah. The, Ill-prepared footing. Yeah, he he was. Yeah, we were saying early in the fight that he he was lunging, and because of his lunging, he was getting hit in the back of the head, or he was getting hit on square in the chin. Um, You know, the seventh round. Honestly, I thought the seventh round was actually one of his was one of Pascal's better rounds because he knew, hey, this is it, all or nothing, and he actually landed a few clean shots Mm -hmm. on on Sergey. But finally, it wasn't enough. I think Freddie could see through it. You know, he's like, okay. He's still getting beat up too much. He doesn't have a prayer in this. Why go out for another, you know, three, four, five rounds yeah. and have him go through punishment? There's no reason for it. Sergey's got the fight in the bag. That's actually something that I was going to bring up between the uh, Mayfield, uh, Mayfield and uh, oh, Mikolenko. Yeah. Because... The undercard. Well, the, the comparison I was going to make is that it's funny because it's kind of an endurance thing. So kind of to the point that I just said, but also um, going against it. You have these fighters and they, they, the training, I guess, does keep them in endurance wise. That it's kind of amazing if you give them just a certain amount of rounds to kind of get it out of them, their system where they're defending themselves. All of a sudden they'll come back for the heat, like with just one last round yeah. of aggression and really finally putting some combinations together. I mean, he wasn't even getting. No. Punch it, single punches. So no. to go, you know, and Freddie's asking him to just do the combinations. Like yeah. we said, <laughs> okay, no. good luck. Yeah. He had a few at the air. I saw a few at the air. That was good. Yeah. But it is impressive to me that sometimes these guys who are getting really seriously defeated come back towards the later rounds uh, with, you know, some impre- impressive punches. Yeah. And or combinations. It's that reserve tank you can go to. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, there's something to be said for that. Sure. Absolutely. There's something to be said. A thing. Something. You have to say something, something. about it. Yeah. yeah. And it has been said. Yeah. So we get the final winner. We get Kovalev because uh, Freddie ends up stopping the fight and Kovalev wins uh, technically by seventh round TKO. You know, at the end of the seventh, um, and they we run through the punch stats. Um, we can just run through it here. I mean, Kovalev landed one sixty five of four hundred twelve total punches. That's forty mm-hmm. percent. That's a really good percentage. Jean Pascal only threw one hundred eight punches and landed thirty. That's twenty eight percent. Now the percentage isn't bad. If he could have thrown four times, three right. or four times as much. It's just, as soon as he got punched in the mouth, You're right. it's he knew he was bad. outclassed. And But I was surprised because, I mean, to not throw, I mean, he probably only threw, because 108, so I would say in round three and four, round three and four, he was probably only throwing like maybe a max of like 20 punches in those rounds. That's just not going to get it done. No. I mean, Sergey threw against... 412 in seven rounds. And he is really huge, good. dude. That's he, all I can well, say the whole time. He fights tall, but he does fight tall. Yeah, but he's, he just he's looks only like six. A, he's six foot. I know. So, and Pascal's you know five eleven, so he's got an inch on him. But it he seems he, like so much in the ring. Like it, it doesn't just, help. It doesn't help when you've been down and yeah. make yourself small like that. And right, yeah. I mean, he, constantly he, at his waist. Yeah, constantly. Clubbing. And the power shots weren't any better. No. Uh, power shots, you know, hooks, uppercuts. Uh, Seventy-eight of two hundred two for Pascal. That's twenty-nine percent. And John Pascal, thirty-three percent. But 16 of 48 power punches. Um, and at the very end, uh, they show the compu box numbers where it hit on the body. And Sergey Kovalev hit 118 shots to the head of Jean Pascal and 47 to the body. That's a lot of good. You got that was you an amazing the body uh, shots. Yeah, those straight those jabs and those straight rights to the body take a toll. And that more than anything, that just as much as that jab to the head that knocked him down in the first round. Right, 47 punches to the body in seven rounds. Uh, will slow you down. Oh uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. And so Jean <laughs> landed twenty punches to the head and ten to the body, which is just nothing. Uh, so Sergey rolls. He rolls to the victory. Were you wondering why? I know you spoke a little bit about him punishing him, so yeah. you wanted to kind of keep him in there, and you know for that reason. But um, were you wondering at all why he didn't just take him out? 
Um, or if he could. I, I think everyone in the building knew he did. could. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that wasn't the concern. And it was kind of win. Uh, I kind of wish he went on a little bit more of a flurry um, to, to to knock him out. To attempt to, right? But I think Sergey might take more pride. He's a guy who might take more pride in the guy's trainer saying, you know, no mas, no more. So I think he That's might take more pride on... Hey, I made your trainer. I made you quit while you sat on your stool. <laughs> I thought you were going to say I made your trainer cry. Oh, well, maybe that too. Did. I don't think Freddie's crying. He's probably uh, celebrating all the way to the bank for, well, for this one. Right? Yeah, right. he's got tons of fighters, tons of money. He's good Ugh. to go. But but still, you get that, involved, yeah. and and that becomes kind of like your child for a moment. You know, you're protective over for it. a minute. I mean, you can imagine. Yeah. But uh, I agree with you. I think that's a really good point. Yeah. That you think he takes. You think he took more pride in making him quit. Kind on the of stool? pity on him, almost like. Like, you're yeah. not even bothering. You're not even, like, worth my time to knock out yeah. because we already see that I've dominated this entire fight. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. And this is kind of a I, – I love fighters like this. I mean, I do love some fighters who are good – a lot of times you'll see fighters fight and they hug at the end and they're, and they're friends and, and that's fine. I don't mind – I like sportsmanship mm-hmm. as much as anyone else. But if you don't like Sergey Kovalev after <laughs> the fight in the ring – then I don't think you like boxing because boxing it's it's just you're it's you're a showman you're yeah. you're inter- you're entertaining and uh and it's turning more into professional wrestling a little bit but it's always been that way I mean it was kind of pro wrestling before pro wrestling there were fights in the ring fights at promo well, events Pascal lifted him up at one point oh lifted well yeah that right? was like a wrestling move yeah, in, the middle, yeah, in the middle of the, yeah that way yeah, he pretty much tackled him and Jim Lampley said you'll see that a lot on the right. Super Bowl on Sunday but um. <laughs> um a lot of times you'll see guys talk trash. Yep. And then after the fight, they hug their yeah, opponent okay. and they say, hey, man, great fight. But I loved it because Max went in the ring and here's some – I'll run through some quotes. I love it. Um, and his broken English, which makes it even uh, better. It was, it was, it was marvelous yeah. to watch. Yeah. And just really quick before no, you do that. He said – like I love that you just said if you didn't like him before the fight, then you definitely don't like him like after because yeah. of how he was yeah. in this fight. But – even after this, what you're talking about right here, him uh, speaking after yeah. the fight, then you definitely don't like him. But yeah. a lot of people do like him after that, just from him speaking his mind. And that's what's great about sports. Like it's kind of like the Cam Newton thing. Like love him or hate him, it's fine. But don't tell him he can't celebrate. Don't tell him he can't have an attitude. Mm-hmm. I can hate him for it, but that's what makes sports polarizing. Yeah. When you have characters and people who you get that's that you it. love to hate. It's or a love character because in the ring you get to see how good he is as, as an athlete. And yeah. then outside, that's his persona. It's and brutal. I think I loved – I agree with you. I loved him even more after. I was like, whoa. But he had a point. He's brutal. He Sorry. Said, you had a point. Uh, he said even though we're in Montreal where, you know, Jean Pascal is very popular, he said uh, everybody said kick his ass. Another <laughs> Everybody. Uh, fight more rounds and make more pain. And then he lost the bet, $50,000. Now, here's what happened. They made like a bet uh, during the week. There was a $50,000 bet. That. Uh, that he would finish him before, I think, uh, uh, quicker than the last fight, which was eight rounds. Mm-hmm. So Jean took the bet. So I don't know if he's actually going to pay up. <gasps> but I just love how, like, two boxers were betting 50 grand. On themselves? <laughs> I know. But you ma- do you imagine – look at – do you imagine if it came out – like, let's say at the end of the, end of the Super Bowl, Tom – or not Tom, I, I just assumed Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Let's say Peyton Manning's like, hey, Cam, you owe me 50 grand for this. <laughs> the NFL would investigate. Oh, my God. It'd be, that's what, I was up just arms. thinking that, like, is that illegal on some sort of level? Oh, they, but would, like, they would find something illegal. Come yeah. on. It, the best about that, though, was he didn't realize it was before the eighth round. So yeah, when he, just, he realized he it in yeah, the interview, right. he was like, hell yeah, I just won 50 grand. <laughs> yeah. Okay, on top Added of your on two to million. Your yeah. three or right. three plus. Exactly. But that's fun. That's that was hysterical, and he went on to say, "I don't respect him, and never, you know, and never will." He's never respected me. Yeah, I never will. Uh, I punish not good person. Everybody <laughs> un- understands who is who. Uh, that was, I think, his best line. Underst- yeah, I mean, you, you can go and read the articles if you want. Just you know, search you know Kovalev racist or Kovalev T-shirt. You'll see it. I don't want to. We don't need to break all that down now. Um, Plus, it's over with. Well, it might not be because well, oh, he might right. fight Adana Stevenson, who. Uh, or Adonis Chickenson. I which, love that. And then he boxed like a chicken. I know. And I, I, I you can't, you know, it, a lot, some of it seemed a little pre, like it had like a almost pre staged because all of a sudden Stevenson's in the ring 100%. with his suit. 
Um, Plus, the Chickenson, unless he's said that before, which I haven't ever he seen. He might have. I haven't heard him say it before. Greatest nickname ever. Yeah, exactly. He did not come up with that yeah. on the spot. So, yeah. Stevenson's WB, uh, WBC champ. Sergey Kovalev has the three other belts. So, obviously, the boxing world would like to see that. Uh, the boxing world. And, I mean, I guess we can kind of, we, we'll kind of run into this right yeah. now. Um, you know, let's just jump in officially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's next for Sergey Kovalev? We saw an interview with Andre Ward, who is, some people believe, pound for pound the best fighter in the world. And he's a light heavyweight, or going to be, because he's fought at super middleweight for his whole career. Mm-hmm. And, but he, I'll bring up his uh, his box rec here, uh, or his, his stats. I'll give box rec a, sh- a shout out. <laughs> but um, as Andre Ward, uh, he just hasn't been very active. He hasn't fought, he fought in, in, uh, in June of, of this past year. But before then, he hadn't fought since November of 2013. Um you know, he fought once in 2012, once in 2013, missed all of 14. Right. So a lot of people say this guy is slipping, but that's the fight everyone wants to see. Andre Ward's an HBO fighter. Sergey Kovalev's an HBO fighter. So it's going to happen. It's going to happen, but it just sounds like Andre, and I don't know what you thought about his interview. I loved it. Andre Ward. Oh, he's great on TV. He's not, I was just going to say, he's not only a great fighter. I mean, he's excellent on, in interviews. He's great. He'll he be on TV. He knew exactly what to dodge. He knew exactly how to talk to the interviewer. And he was not tripped up by any of the words no. that he was saying. So, he, but vague as all hell. So like, vague. Like most boxers. But I loved it. Yeah. And it wasn't just, you know, sometimes you read them and it's the PR people's words through them, you know, and he, they're very uncomfortable. He's so comfortable. And then all he'd do is turn back and go, yeah, he just smiled. He at the just camera. smiled at the camera. It was awesome. Now he's gonna. So, he, he he said he's gonna fight in March. Okay, against Sullivan Barrera. I mean, this guy's seventeen and zero. He'll probably handle him. Yeah, it's probably gonna be a no risk. Um, Kovalev will probably fight again. Um, and I'll bring up the light heavyweight rankings. And Kovalev even said, "When you're ready to ward, right? Yeah, uh, take your time. Take your time." So but the pro- here's the problem in the light heavyweight division. We were talking. Uh, I'm looking at the top 10 right now. Uh, and I, I've been watching boxing for a long time. I couldn't even name, I couldn't name off the top of my head who was in the top, like, I could name maybe half. Um, we're not gonna see, uh, him against Adonis Stevenson. We'll jump into that in a minute Mm -hmm. why. Uh, and then Andre Ward technically isn't ranked in the light heavyweight rankings because he's still super middleweight, but he will be as soon as he starts fighting in the light heavyweight ranks. So who does he fight? Uh, he just beat, and I'm going off a of Ring Magazine, great great site for anyone who wants to check it out. Ring Magazine has great rankings. He beat Bernard Hopkins, uh, 51-year-old Bernard Hopkins. Uh, he's ranked third. He beat Jean Pascal, ranked fourth. Uh, Stevenson's second. So you jump down to uh, five, you've got uh, Eladir Alvarez, and you've got Jurgen Brommer, Isaac Chalemba. These people who are decent fighters... But I mean, he's already crushed a top five fighter in Pascal twice. Mm-hmm. Hopkins, a, a Hall of Famer, once he crushed him. So we're, I mean, he just has to stay busy until he fights. Are you more. like, what are we waiting yeah, for? What, I mean, that's the bad thing about boxing. You got to wait for these contracts to be signed. There's a lot of politics. It's like, just get it. Let's just do it. Um, and I'm, I'm going to propose. I'll propose something Go to ahead. you. Do you just have him fight? Uh, someone like Bernard Hopkins again, who's, <laughs> who's, who, that'll sell tickets and sell, you I know, mean, sell a fight on TV and have him do another rematch? Why? Or do you have him fight someone who's an up, another up and comer in the division? Like, which way would you I go? I would say with the up and comer for sure. Yeah. Um, one, Bernard does not look it <laughs> at all, but being 51, yeah. I just think that's a little out of range. I think that's unfair. I think that's not worth it. Really, and I I wouldn't want to see that. Yeah, Um, I would want to see him against an up and comer, um, but somebody who really was maybe he didn't have the numbers yet, but like that somebody really scouted and sought out and was like, this could be a decent match and a preparation for Kovalev. Yeah, I, I, you know. I, I don't I don't need to see a Hopkins fight again. Yeah, uh, Hopkins is a great fighter. He's going to the Hall of Fame, but why not someone like Isaac Chalimba? The guy's twenty four three and two. He's kind of been around, uh, but he's lost. He looks vulnerable, mm. and that could be good. You know, hey, I'd be another top ten guy, yeah. another top ten guy. So if you just keep knocking, pick someone else on the list. And I know there's a lot of red tape with some of this stuff. Yeah, but I don't think he's going to get a shot at someone like Alvarez, who's nineteen and zero. Because his camp 
there's no way they want him to lose his. Like you right, want to build a guy right. up even more. So if you choose someone that's maybe in the top ten or just outside the top ten, uh, that maybe has a few losses on them and is willing to be game, uh, and that's a big payday. Yeah. So uh, it, it, here's a fight I, I kind of would like to see. I would just I, this is the one I want to see. Go though. ahead. There's a uh, Andre. I, I hope I'm pronouncing. This. I haven't said his name in a long time. It's on Andre Fonfara. Fonfara. It's A N D R Z E J. Interesting. On, yeah. Yeah. Fonfara. <laughs> Fonfara, he's had, he bought, he, he, um, you know, he fought Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. and beat him up. And I think he could, uh, he's a tricky fighter and I think that could be a fun fight against Kovalev. So that's the fight I'm proposing, Fonfara and, and Kovalev. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if they both, I think Fonfara might be a Showtime guy, which brings us into the Stevenson battle. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So I want to get into this because I, I've been watching a little longer than you, mm-hmm. but, uh, when uh, when St- Adonis Stevenson ran into the ring, this after is he why was you called thought it was staged. Yeah. Well, I mean, not stage. You want to promote the. You want to promote a big event. So yeah. why not go in there and talk trash? I think they really hate each other. I think the hatred's real. But right. why not pump it up? Well, and so what did you like think you said, about if when he It can't happen. Then there has to be something behind the fact that he was ready to go. Yeah. Him and his entire camp Team, yeah. was just sitting yeah. there, ready to like bust through yeah. as he was mentioned. Really? Yeah. Uh, but the, the, um, what is that word? Where, like the teasing of, uh. Oh, taunting? Taunting. Yeah, Thank taunting. you. The taunting of Kovalev for him was just perfect. Yeah. It was beautiful. Yeah. But you're right. It felt very, uh, wrestling. It does sometimes when there's no punches thrown. Yeah. Uh, I think there's some real hatred because Kovalev doesn't, he says what he wants. Uh, and he's talked a lot of trash about Stevenson. Okay. I mean, look up the t shirt. Everybody, look up the T-shirt. Um, and that can be read into a lot of different ways. Uh, I really hope that fight happens. Uh, Stevenson's been a, a light heavyweight, a good light heavyweight for longer than than Kovalev. I wanted to see it happen, like, right then right and there. In his suit. I was like, yeah. what? Because they kept fighting, and then uh, Max came back on to talk. But yeah. Yeah, I was like, what are these? I was angry that Kovalev, went, he was kind of pulled away by someone on his team. Yeah. And he kind of walked away, and, and they didn't really have a confrontation. Mm-mm. Uh, you know, it, that's the thing that stinks about boxing with with these TV contracts. One just you know signed a deal a few years ago with Showtime Stevenson, so he fights exclusively on Showtime. Yeah. So politically, Kovalev, like they yeah. were saying, that's going to be an issue. Yeah, and unless, that's what happened unless with, they can both make enough money somehow. Yeah. To make that work, who wouldn't want to see that at this point? Yeah, I mean that's the fight we want to see him against Stevenson and him against Ward. And you know, and Kovalev's thirty two years old. Ward is always injured. Mm-hmm. He needs uh, he needs another big fight because Ward doesn't seem like a lifer to me. Like I feel like he's you know retiring in the next couple of years. So you got to make these fights happen before these guys get old. We saw what happened with Mayweather Pacquiao, but they were different <laughs> uh-huh. brands. That's that was Showtime and HBO. Yeah, the reason they made that work was because that was the biggest money making fight ever. But is that um, that you just said a reason and an excuse and a loophole? So so they have to prove why can't they, that happen? Well, again? they have to prove that each guy is marketable Worth it. in big markets. And if I mention Sergey Kovalev to uh, a just uh, sit on the couch kind of fan, yeah, I don't they think they're gonna know, know who them. he is. Yeah, and and they're not gonna know who Stevenson is either. I just think the problem with that is uh, you're. Let's compare it uh, NFC AFC. You know there are some teams like I'm a Giants fan I never get to see them play certain teams that I'm like you're traveling like just play them I don't get those politics I understand but I don't you know what I mean with football you've get you you've got divisions which which limit right I I mean like like I said I get it allowed right at least least the Giants are allowed to play play the Chargers Mm -hmm. and come out west and it has Um, happened I understand that yeah it has happened or like um, Like, I get it with the American national team. Like, I get it, yeah. but I just, there's some part of me that's like, if you were able to cross over sometimes, yeah. you would really see who the champion is. You would really see the winner. And I, I, that gets me sometimes in sports. Yeah. Across all levels. So this is one of those times that it bothers me. And I just go, well, how else are you supposed to really determine who's the best? Yeah. But. Well, in a perfect world, we wouldn't have. A ton of sanctioning bodies, <laughs> and we also wouldn't have uh, TV contracts that keep you from seeing big fights. It's just um, that's the one thing that you know the UFC does much better than boxing. Uh, but I'm always going to be a boxing fan, so right. Uh, eventually, 
a lot of great fights are made uh, and things are done. So what we come from this is that we hope that, you know, down the line, hopefully in the summer or fall, probably most likely the fall, we see Kovalev and Ward. Maybe they can get something done with Stevenson. Um, I'm not sure where Pascal goes. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure the boxing fans are, are really concerned. I think boxing fans are a little are a little tired of Pascal. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen him in a draw with Bernard Hopkins. We've seen him lose to Bernard Hopkins. Now we've seen him lose to Kovalev, lose to him again. Mm-hmm. Um, he peaked a few years ago when he won the light heavyweight crown and had some great fights. Uh, I could pull him up, but I had a few of them up. But he, he's he's on the downslide. You know, arguably lost three fights in a row, but I guess technically two. <laughs> uh, he's just, he's a little long in the tooth. Uh, but I, I'll never tell a fighter, you know, you, you gotta stop fighting because you haven't, hey, it's a sport, it's your profession, do it for whatever you want to do. Uh, he's a guy that's always, I think, gonna be in the top 10 as long yeah. as he's around. So I hope he can, you know, I hope he can bounce back. See, he's I think a good that's fighter. interesting because, like I said, even with the training and stuff, you just like, you don't see in a fight like this, how are you in the top 10 if you're competing against Kovalev and you don't even see your training style? Like, I don't see, I don't see it. Like, it doesn't come well, across. I mean, of, of course you're not going to see, you know, he fought maybe the best fighter in the world twice and right. lost. I get it. He fights someone. <laughs> I'm like, if he fights okay. the guy, if he fights someone who's ranked I'm tough, ninth, guys. I'm a tough judge. Yeah. Like, you, t- <laughs> come on. Yeah, she would have Pascal ranked like 20th right now. No. Like, he's out of the top 10. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, Just maybe. forget about him. Maybe. I, to say, though, that he's going to always be top 10. Yeah. I think he sticks around uh, for a few more years. And uh, I'd like to see, he's, he's always had a good chin. Uh, I'm not sure if he's going to keep training with Freddie Roach. Uh, but, it's funny you, know. you keep saying about the chin because they did have a comment on him about his beard oh well yeah and how letterman spoke to um oh the montreal boxing commission yep. yeah saying yeah. that he was that it's illegal and he should shave it and he, they said he was going they were going to make him and he didn't well beard or no beard i think he's i mean it doesn't fight. matter but like do those things do do those things matter if he wins or um some fighters might have brought up that you know hey his beard was too long and the rules are rules um but when you run is into it a fine like, is it just like, you know what I uh, maybe mean? Maybe a fine, but when the commission, the, the city you're fighting in doesn't say doesn't anything, care. there's probably really no, not much weight. Just thought it was worth mentioning. No, yeah, it's it, it was interesting, and uh, if, you know, something would have happened and someone would have brought it up, and it could have been a big factor, you know, it could have been a, a talking point. Right. But it was no big deal. Um, I, you know, I don't want to take too long on the undercard. Yeah. Uh, we had Dimitri Mikalenko, the mechanic. Do like a sentence. Yeah. He, now he's 21 <laughs> and 0. Uh, he fought Kareem Mayfield. Now, Kareem Mayfield really quickly was a fighter who was mentioned as possibly Floyd Mayweather's last fight because Floyd mentioned every friend he had to get, to make him money. Yeah. Uh, cause he has that right to, you know, he, you know, and he ended he up with Andre Berto. But this fight was nothing. Um, you know, judges scored it uh, 190, two of them, and then 99-91, which is how you had it scored. Mm-hmm. I had it 100 to 90. Um, I think Dmitry Mikolenko is a welterweight. It's kind of a fringe top 10 guy that can maybe make some noise. What did you, after watching that fight, what did you think of his game? Did you see any potential with him in that fight? Yeah. Um, you said Mik- Mikolenko, Mikolenko, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I... Um... Talking, I, I liked how they were talking a lot about his punching style and yeah. how it was um, like a high quality, high quantity, yeah. but not so much hard hitting quality. Yeah, the arm punches, and so it's going to fare you well in a fight like this against Mayfield. But how far can you go with that kind of style? I don't know. I mean. It, that's it. I don't know. <laughs> no, 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 that's... And I, and is he um, also interesting enough to keep watching, you know? Yeah. I, I thought he was because, hey, if you win a fight like that, I think he put in real good work for it and he deserved it. Yeah. But I just, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know how far he can really go. I'd like to see him try. Yeah. If that's the answer, then I'd like to see him try. So yeah, I would stick around to watch him and see how far he can go, you know? Yeah, Ring Magazine has him ranked actually top in in number 10 in welterweights. Yeah. So if you're going to put him in there, um and you know, I think HBO's got some stock in him a little bit. I think they kind of want to see him do well. Yeah. Uh cuz Kareem Mayfield was a last minute replacement. Uh he was just outclassed in that fight. Didn't look in, look disinterested. Uh, I think Kareem's a decent fighter, but 
I think with all the circumstances, last minute replacement, who's going to deny an HBO fight? Right, of course. Go, he just yeah, still yeah. an issue. Sloppy. With me. He looked a little sloppy. A little lazy. Yeah, he was selling his it. shots a little bit. And uh, you're going to talk about like uh, eyeline. He. Uh, I'm like, there's so much I want to say right now. No, yeah. His eyeline always seemed a little off. Yeah. Um, he almost he turned his looking, back a little bit. A little bit. And he was just very, uh, I hate using the word lazy. Why would you ever walk into that ring with a lazy attitude? Yeah. Like, and just disinterest. But he, he did. It just seemed a little, I mean, and obviously he was on the defense almost the yeah. whole time. But yeah. I mean, he came out firing. He did. The but, bull rush. Yeah, the bull rush. But he it, it, it wasn't accurate enough. Um, he dominated that fight. Uh, hopefully we see Mikalenko against someone like Errol Spence or Saddam Ali. Uh, and it, it, then when you get up to that next echelon, you've got guys like Danny Garcia and Tim Bradley and Keith Thurman and Sean Porter, Pacquiao, <laughs> Kel Brook. Face lights up. Yeah. We I gotta mean, see it. He's not there yet, however much HBO wants him to be. Yeah. But, uh, Mikalenko said he would like to fight Ruslan Pervodnikov who is an all-action fighter. The guy is must-see TV. And Dimitri is a come-forward fighter. And like Bernard Hopkins said, that would be a phone booth fight. Mm-hmm. You know, you wouldn't need you wouldn't need a lot of room. Right. So I, I think the fight fans would love to see that fight. I like that, too. And they were sparring partners yeah. years oh, ago. Wow. Like he was a sparring partner for Pravodnikov. I didn't know that. That's so awesome. So they know each other. Ooh. I know, I know. See, that's where it gets personal. The emotions come back into play, yeah. and that just makes for a good fight. Not for Eastern Europeans. They just no. don't get it. They just don't care. Like, <laughs> just still give like... Me the, yeah. Give me the gloves. <laughs> um, so I guess the look ahead, uh, we won't get into it too, too much, but uh, our next round of fights are going to a packed weekend, February 27th. Uh, from New York, you've got Terrence Crawford versus Hank Lundy. Terrence Crawford's for his WBO junior welterweight title. Uh, that's going to be great. That's another guy who's – I compare Terrence Crawford and Sergey Kovalev. They're very much alike. They're from completely opposite ends of the world. Mm-hmm. But Crawford, go look him up and watch the end of his last fight and watch him talk trash to his opponent because, yeah. he said, it's special. Look it up because he says, <laughs> did you get what you were looking for? That's what he said to the – I got the end because the fighter was talking a lot of trash. Oh, wow. So he's a, just a very accurate – you know, I love Terrence Crawford. I think he's going to be a big name in the next few years. Uh, and that's our HBO card. And then you've got two Showtime fights. You've got Carl Frampton versus Scott Quig. Um, you know, it's for a junior featherweight belt. Um, a lot of people from the States aren't as familiar with them. And also down the road from us in Anaheim, you've got Leo Santa Cruz, great fighter. This guy will throw, I'm not even kidding, he'll throw thousands of punches per, if he goes 12 rounds. Really? Yeah, hundreds, over 100 punches per round, this guy, against Kiko Martinez for Cruz's WBA featherweight title. So hopefully... Anaheim, I feel like we should go see that. Yeah, maybe we'll get some credentials and, uh, and head not, down there. right? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Uh, and hopefully everyone else can join us. Uh, any final thoughts on... On Kovalev Pascal too. Anything that, like, what any? What did it leave you wanting? What did it leave you? Uh, it leave you. Ooh, that's a good were question. You satisfied from the fight? I was. Um, I it, I was excited to see it just because I love rematches. So I think that it brings obviously a story with it that you don't get from two. Not never, but you rarely get from two fighters who've never been uh, against each other before. So that alone was interesting. And, um, yeah, I was just ex- excited about it. I was stoked to see what happened and it, it kept you guessing. Like you pretty much knew what was going to happen. I was like, I'm always like, Hey, it's anybody's game. Yeah. Sometimes you, ne- yeah. you never, you just never know. But, um, yeah, I was, it was interesting. It yeah. definitely kept your attention. I, I, who knew I was waiting for that punch though. I was waiting for the knockout. Uh, I think everybody was, I think the one thing. I guess that I guess you could have wanted from this fight was to see him really finish Pascal, mm-hmm. but ba- Pascal is not a fighter who's easily finishable. Yeah, he's not. Um, and so, right. I mean, he stood up the whole time. Yeah, you know? Kovalev got if it if if without the dramatic knockout, this was more of a movie of a fight I've seen in a <laughs> while. You had a, a a fighter's trainer begging from the fight and saying, "I'm going to stop it," mm-hmm. threatening to stop it round by round. Uh, then th- eventually throwing in the towel. Then you have Sergey Kovalev saying, you know, I beat him. You know, I wanted to beat him right. and make him look bad. And you know who the better man, like, you know who's who in there. I'm going to humiliate him pretty much. And then you have a contender running in and getting called chicken. I mean, that's like <laughs> the biggest movie line in the world. Like, Chickenson, yeah. Adonis Chickenson. Uh, shirts are being made right now, I bet. <laughs> 
for sure. So I think you had a, you had all the kind of drama um, in in this fight. I, I, it was a very entertaining fight, and there are a lot of storylines. Yeah, like a lot of different storylines. I'm glad fight. you just said that. My before we go, I want to ask yeah. you, just as a fan of boxing, what who do you usually root for? How do you determine who you're really going for in each fight? Is it the stories and the? Uh, is it their history? Is it their, you know, winning percentage? What is it that makes you really pick who who you root for? You know, I'm all over the board. It has nothing to do with. If someone's a jerk inside or outside the ring, I don't care. I just want to see good fights. <laughs> so in the, in the case of this fight, I think a lot of most boxing fans wanted to see Kovalev win to stay undefeated, to get that mega fight with Andre Ward. Mm-hmm. So fights, fight fans want to see an outcome where you're going to get a better fight because of it. Uh, but also, in the, if in the middle of that fight, Pascal turns it around and it's a slugfest and it's an epic fight... You just we just want to see good fights, and I think a lot of true fight fans don't really you don't really pick favorites. It's a, unless it's a national thing, you know. Unless right. it's a fighter from Mexico and it's a fighter from Poland, and the, you know it's a very prideful, almost Olympic kind of feel. Yep that that happens. But as I'm kind of unbiased, I just want to see something big come of it, and I want to see action. I want to see guys you know make an effort. So right. and then a little trash talk at the end of the fight, it never hurts anything. No, it was awesome. So sometimes when it's too nice. I get a little turned off. So. Oh, because you're but, just like, yeah. ah, guys, you're fighting. You're yeah. like a boxer. <laughs> it's like when you see two guys hug that just made like a, like a few million. You're like, oh man, what? like I want to see some hatred in here. <laughs> but uh, hey, this was a great. First it show. was a really good show. Yeah. See, I usually go for like I, I, back in the contender yeah. days. I loved the underdog. Yeah, but I'm like you. I stay pretty unbiased, and then I start seeing stories until they start fighting. Yeah. When they start fighting, I'm like, oh, hands down, yeah. this guy should win. So I stay pretty unbiased, but I am an underdog rooter. But you just never know. Like, and yeah. if they're a shit person that, and they're the under, I'm like, nope, don't care. <laughs> shit, person. I don't want. You know, you heard it here first. Andrew says if you're person. a shit person, I don't like let's you. get that trending. <laughs> See, but I don't think like Kovalev. I don't think he's a shit person. A lot of people would say otherwise. Um, but you know, we'll yeah, do some research and just determine for yourself. Exactly. Exactly. But he's a brutal. Make brutal your own man. opinions, people. Yeah, and hopefully, I, you see I get yeah, that, yeah. but that. He's you in there talking about respect yeah. for another person. Yeah. I think that alone yeah. makes him not a shit person. <laughs> yeah. That's, See the, what I mean? that's the beauty about the fight game. You could be aggressive. You could be nasty. You could, it's, I don't know who you are has a lot do to whatever you want because it's one on one and yeah. you're trying to knock yeah. the other person's head yeah. off. So you for can sure. say whatever you want. Yeah. Like Agreed. this isn't like curling. No. <laughs> like if someone talked trash and curling, it might be a little remotely odd. compared to even curling. though I would probably watch more curling. Uh where can everyone find you again, Andrea? On uh, the Jared, this is an awesome internet, show. Yeah. I'm super psyched to talk about more boxing coming up. Um I'm Andrea Fasano and you can find me at Andy Fasano on all sh- social media platforms. I'm Jared Gilkerson. That's at Gilkerson Radio on Twitter. Use the hashtag ABTV Boxing. Uh this is a pleasure. Hopefully we'll be back here February 27th. That's a Saturday, so hopefully the Sunday after or somewhere down the week that we can break down this huge fight card that weekend. Um, I'm excited. 2016 looks like a great year for boxing. It is, and keep the conversation going. Definitely use the hashtags and uh, write to both of us. Let us know what you think. Yeah, I'd love to hear everyone's predictions and what they're looking forward to. And then uh, then hopefully I'd love to have a fan call-in show. So down the line, we'll have some fans call in, and we'll just talk boxing all day. So uh, until the next one. We'll see you guys later. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Box, see you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.